Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The following is an exclusive presentation of News Radio KMAN. Your home for K-State Athletics. It's game time. This is the game on News Radio KMAN. The search for the Ocean Gate Titanic submersible. The search is over. As this news broke a few hours ago that the United States Coast Guard had found what it believed to be a bunch of debris on the ocean floor. The search continued in that very area, and they found the cone end of the Ocean Gate submarine, and they were able to conclude that it seemed to be that about an hour 45 after the submarine took off to the ocean floor to check out the Titanic with a couple of billionaires on board, a billionaire's son, and a Titanic expert on board as well, along with the pilot, that at that point it had most likely imploded. As a matter of fact, implosion is a conclusion, but ex- the exact cause of the accident is still being investigated. So obviously a very tragic end. But what we had thought was the issue was, you know, maybe the submarine got snagged somewhere on some debris. Maybe the power just completely died down and there was no way to get it going again. And there were five people just camping in this submarine for days while it was running out of oxygen. Well, the estimated time that that submarine was going to run out of oxygen was early this morning, around 6 or 7 o'clock this morning, Mm -hmm. that they would just be out of auction, and what would most likely happen at that point would be implosion when you run out of oxygen. But it appears that that implosion took place just less than two hours when it took off for the Titanic. Essentially, when the main ship lost contact with the submersible... That's when they feel that the implosion took place. Catastrophic. All five members, of course, are dead. Um, Now it's just, can they recover the bodies? And think about an implosion. It happens extremely fast. Mm -hmm. It happens at such a fast pace. And it's just, it's it's quicker than a snap of a finger. It's faster than a blink of an eye. There's no way your mind can comprehend what's about to take place. You don't see it coming. And so most likely for those in that submarine, very quick death. And even if that thing was camping on the bottom of the floor, the ocean floor, like how you can even bring that thing back up? One of the aspects of the search that helped them today was that they had a robot from France, as well as uh, Coast Guard, ROV is what they called it, and both of those were able to finally get 
into the water. And one of the aspects that played out for the Coast Guard, literally, they had to take apart the ROV and bring it out on a ship and then put it back together before it could dive. Right. Unbelievable. Well, and because of all that time it took, by the time that thing got there, there was only hours remaining before the oxygen ran out of that of that submarine. So most likely there was no chance of finding them, even no. if they were alive. No. So, yeah, a really horrible thing taking place. And I saw James Cameron on uh, – he was doing an interview, and he was comparing this to the actual Titanic tragedy and about how there were many warning signs of what they're doing should not be done, as in the Titanic going – Full speed ahead, even though they knew they were going to run into a bunch of icebergs mm-hmm. and they're going to have to try to dodge them. And then with Oceangate in this submarine, when it comes to regula- regulations, this thing barely passed anything. It was international waters. And from what I understand, they could basically do what they wanted to do. But as as rigged as this thing seemed like, like they're just kind of playing by their own rules and inventing as they went along – like, people should have never been inside this thing. This gets into something that I tweeted about today because it it's such a indictment on who we are as a species. We're flawed. We don't like rules. We don't like to have people telling us what to do. But we, through experiences over the years, have begun to line up rules and regulations. We cringe at regulations. We cringe at what it means in terms of red tape, what it means in terms of paperwork, what it means in terms of taxes. But if you actually pay attention to a lot of it, the reasoning it's there is so that we don't essentially run into situations like this. So that we don't just off ourselves constantly. By the way, James Cameron directed the Titanic movie. He had actually... He had gone down to look at the Titanic like 30 times. Mm -hmm. So why couldn't we just rig up whatever they had and and send these billionaires down to look at the Titanic? Because they wanted to be able to do it without regulation. Mm. Uh, They were utilizing materials on this submersible that were controversial uh, in terms of fiberglass. And, you know, it it just it it it. Sending someone in it was probably not wise. It was more a test vehicle than anything and should have been operated as such. Well, and I had mentioned, I've mentioned it a couple of times as I've been following this closer than anything in sports uh, this past week. And that is, I had said that it looked like a GameCube controller. Yeah. Actually, it was more of, an, uh, it was more of a PlayStation controller. Mm-hmm. But it looked like an off-brand, crappier version of a PlayStation controller. I still you could have cr- just plugged it in. I still cringe at the lack of communication other than text messages and having to use oh, Starlink. No ra- yeah, no radar and no or whatever no, sonar or whatever. No, no sonar, yeah. no beacon, no nothing. And that cost two hundred fifty thousand dollars per per mm-hmm. per person. Mm-hmm. Insane. Mm-hmm. I noticed though, like it took them like so they they this thing was actually in Canada. That's where they leave from in Canada? Yeah, it's the closest spot that you can get to where the Titanic went down. I don't know what Providence that is right there on the east side. Newfoundland. Okay. 
or Newfoundland, depending on how you want to pronounce it. And so it takes about a day and a half mm-hmm. to get from there to the actual spot where they can start descending with the submarine. And then it's another uh, – the whole voyage takes about eight hours. Jeez. And the thi- and I also said – I was saying that the, they, were, they paid all that money just to look through a people. It was bigger than a people, but the original pictures that I saw had a bunch of, like, screens in there. And yeah. And, like, covered up a bunch of, you know – that hole you could look through with the glass and everything, but man, what a tragedy! And that'll definitely be on the YouTube uh, end of the year recap. We might forget about it until then, but just a, a crazy story. Uh, let's see, it's been over the past four days now, five days, something like that. That's so, when it all yeah, started. Four days, crazy. Uh, now to the sports and welcome to the game. Mitch Fortner, Trey Coverdale, Travion Berklin is the three today. Phone number is 537-1350 and we're on for an hour today. We're out at five. Kansas City is starting a four-game series at the Tampa Bay Rays. Womp womp. This could be bloody murder uh, in Tampa Bay. There might be Royals all over the place. Need to get new uh, mops to clean it all of it up because you're talking about they are the best team in Major League Baseball, the Rays, mm-hmm. record-wise. 50 then, wins already. Royals are, of course, one of the worst. I 50 don't think they, losses already. Yeah, I don't think uh, – the Royals don't have the worst record, right? Uh, they are right there with the Astros. Yeah. yeah. Or the Astros. The Astros or, have Sorry, the, no, I'm uh, the, the A's, A's, Athletics, yeah. yeah. Uh, we heard – we'll, and we'll get to the NBA draft here in just a little bit as uh, – the draft is tonight for the NBA. It starts at 7 o'clock. It'll be televised on ESPN. Uh, County Johnson expected to go in the second round. Marquise Noel, fingers crossed, somebody will take a chance on him with the draft. There's no doubt about it. His, ring, his phone's going to ring today. There's no doubt about that. It just depends if it's during the draft or right after the draft. Meanwhile, it's been a couple of months, but we heard from Jerome Tang, ahead of the NBA playoff or uh, NBA uh, draft plus uh there's five newcomers on this team, three freshmen plus a couple of uh transfers in Tyler Perry and Arthur Kaluma. But, you know, there is a big goal for this team this year. There's actually a couple of them. You know, at the end of the year they won a final four and right now Jerome Tang trying to build that final four type of roster. But heading into the year, heading even into the practices and summer workouts, they had big success in year number one. Pretty big goal for them is to not be complacent. We don't want to relax. We don't want any slippage in what we do. You know, we're not going to sneak up on anybody this year. And so we, we have to take on that challenge. And it, it's, it starts with what you do, going one to know in every aspect of the day. So just really, as a staff and as a team, we're really fighting hard to make sure that we don't have a letdown. Well, certainly uh, not a bad reputation to have that after year one, you're not going to surprise anybody of building a roster year after year that's going to be competing for Elite Eight, Final Four, and also not to mention Big 12 championships. It could have went unsaid that this team wasn't going to sneak up on anybody, but now the secret is, of course, out that a year one coach can go into the portal, fight 11 guys, and have an Elite Eight type of roster meanwhile let's get into some individuals here three were brought up outside of Keontae Johnson and Marquise Noel I'll get to that draft stuff a little bit later the changes with Naquan Tomlin after doing all of the NBA stuff you know you could see the confidence level raise he realizes that he's 
that he's capable of playing at that le- that level and and having an impact. And then he's building better habits. You know, he's more consistent in his work ethic, understanding that he's been given a couple of things that he's got to get better at. And there's, there's been a, a major focus for him on, you know, I, I, I like the maturity that I'm seeing. I mean, this is a long summer and just wanting to see it every day and, and hopefully get him to put his arms around a young guy and help bring him along also. It's his team now, at least in my opinion it is, as the returning veteran, the best player returning. He has NBA sites ahead of him. There's, I think there's no doubt about next year he is going to be uh, selected in next year's draft. But he has things to work on according to the NBA. He, he probably would have been drafted this year. But now it's his, his team. He is the leader. Expecting improvements as well from Naquan Tomlin, and it seems like the focus is no doubt about it there. Somebody that Tang sees making a huge improvement into this next season is somebody that's going to be most likely guaranteed a returning spot as the starting lineup, of course, Cam Carter. He might have been a little inconsistent, but that happens when in your first opportunity. Um, having seen these guys in front of him leave, Cam has really taken on uh, the responsibility of leadership and uh, recognizes that this is his opportunity, and he is working extremely hard to be ready for it. And so I anticipate him being an impact guy and having a great year. There's no doubt about it. There were inconsistencies with Cam Carter, but there were also when he played well, there was very little chance that when K-State had his help consistently in the lineup that they were going to win. There's not an area of the game that he couldn't afford to get better and a lot better and where he can develop that consistency where, you know, as an average three-point shooter, being a better free throw shooter, just being a better uh, scorer from the field, better than 38%. Defensively being a better player as well. I mean, everywhere you could see there's going to be hopefully some growth for Cam Carter, who's going to be a starter, of course, this upcoming season. Now, another player I was I was really looking forward to hearing about the improvements is one of the big men, Jarrell Colbert. Uh, because he redshirted last year. Based off the teaser that we had last year, I can't wait to see him play. Coach Tank says Drell Colbert, who will play the five, has made huge strides. He's already a, a talent, and his body has changed. His mindset is changing, and I expect him to play uh, minutes for us this year and impact winning. I, I don't want the pressure or the burden to be on him to, to do be everything for us on that defensive end, so I hope we can provide him with some help around him so that he can grow naturally. And if you think about it, I mean, Drew Colbert, the way the roster is right now, I mean, he's kind of still like a third-string Five. It, it, of course, it depends on the lineup, what they're deciding to do in Naquan Tomlin game after game. Plus, you have David Gasson, who, by the way, is going to wear number one this year. He's taken Marquise <laughs> Noel's number, and he'll be number one this year. And I also noticed, I think it was R.J. Jones, speaking of numbers. So there was a rule change this year. So the way the numbers worked is you had, you know, zero through five, 10 through 15. Uh, and and so on. You had twenty through twenty five. You didn't have twenty seven or you know uh, seventeen or number eight. Well, it appears that R.J. Jones is now going to take advantage of that rule change where he can you know basically wear any number, and he's going to wear the number eight 
now for K-State. So can't wait for that to screw up the scores table. Good grief, yes. With the uh, with the officials trying to sign over the numbers, yeah. and they're going to hold up a 5 and a 3 maybe? Yeah, or, 53? Yeah, it was like 53, no 53 exactly. in the book. Are you going to have to go 5 and then 3? But some officials already do that, and it's like <laughs> that is something that's going to take a while to really get used to. It's going to be confusing. Just a bit. Um Especially where I have to just solely go off of the official just with the signing because I, I can't read lips very well. And typically they're closer to the official score anyway. Sure. But Joel Colbert gave us the biggest tease when K-State played their exhibition game last season against Washburn where he came in late and he played nine minutes. Joel Colbert in that nine minutes had five blocks. I thought Desi Sills was the only shot blocker that K-State had that could have five blocks and a half or four blocks and a half. He was on his way to setting a – and by the way, that was the uh, Big 12 tournament game against TCU mm-hmm. where he had four blocks early against TCU. But Colbert with five, and he, also, and he scored five points in those nine minutes. He was two of three from the floor. I can't wait to see how well he does. After a year under his belt as a red shirt, mm-hmm. he's going to have self an opportunity. And his – you know his development in the minutes he plays, limited or or whatever, that's going to tell you exactly how much depth K State's going to have at that position this year. And then to wrap up with the rest of the class, two spots remaining. Coach Tang says he knows exactly what he wants for those last two spots. We, we are locked in on what we want, the type of people, and uh, the type of players, and uh, we're going to get it done. But if we don't sign anybody else, uh, I feel like we got a group that that can get us to the NCAA tournament. But our goal is not the NCAA tournament. We're going to keep grinding and turning over every rock to make sure that we can find the right guys. Definitely a guard and then the best available player after that. A guard, a starter, or a glue guy off the bench. Like There's still some depth to be built. You don't want all the pressure, like you said. And that's not the first time coaches said that. Don't want the pressure on the three freshmen to have to play you know, big, consistent minutes game after game where they have to come through and, and you know lead at a certain area off the bench or whatever. Don't want the weight of the world on their shoulders right away. Still looking for some more depth and the best available. You know, it was, you know, right after the season, it was, you know, they're looking for a five, a five that can not only score well but defend well, play well on both sides of the floor, who can who can eat up minutes. You know, that not a whole lot of those guys uh, around, and uh, so best available seems like the best way to go. Let's take a break, and when we come back, let's get to the NBA draft. Will Keeson Key get picked up tonight? We'll discuss next. We're back on the game, Mitch, Troy, and Trey. Thank you to Troy for that game sports update and to expand on one of the stories has to do with Rucker Park. We knew the Big 12 was going to expand its footprint to Rucker Park in New York City. I'm sure later on they'll be announced some exhibitions, but the first piece of, of what's going to be taking place is on July 18th. That's a Tuesday in New York City. It's called Big 12 Hoops in the Park. And like Troy said, Je- uh, Jeff Mitty and Jerome Tang, K-State women's and men's basketball coaches, will be helping out with a uh, youth clinics during the Big 12 Conference's Rucker Park program. So, And they're not alone, but they're one of two programs that will have each basketball head coach from that school 
in attendance. Cincinnati will be having both of their coaches as well. You know, honestly, my thought was a yeah, pretty good opportunity to go uh, do a little recruiting mm-hmm. uh, while you're up in New York City. I know it's been uh, a big blessing for K-State hoops, men's hoops, uh, in the past with New York City recruits. Shout out to Mr. New York City, who, by the way, uh, was uh, practicing with Kyrie Irving at Rucker Park just a couple of nights ago, and that uh, made its rounds around social media. And by the way, of course, from what I saw, Marquise Noel was just tearing it up in the competition. And then for uh, for Jeff Mitty, that has not been really a uh, an area of recruiting for this for this coaching staff, but maybe it will turn into one. You never mm-hmm. know. Uh, I can't honestly think of really anybody from the New York City area that's played for women's basketball uh, for K-State. But with that being said, NBA draft tonight at 7 o'clock. That'll be televised on ESPN. You know, the question is the likelihood of Marquise Noel and Keontae Johnson. Will they be drafted tonight? I think with these guys, you get two different answers. The and, and I've noticed, like, so with the NFL draft, when it comes to, like, the rankings, the best availables, you know, things change as we get closer to the draft with workouts and just the, you know, what the scouts are telling these, you know, media sources and who's ranking all these players. The rankings change. Like, Julius Brent shot up um, the draft board leading into the NFL draft. Uh, you know, Echo Boydo worked his way into the top 250. Uh, Deuce Vaughn was kind of up and down in mm-hmm. some areas, but he ended up being a sixth-round draft pick. And, of course, um, Felix Andy D.K. Uzama, who went 31st overall to the Chiefs, kept kind of bouncing around. Was he going to be a late first? Was he going to be an early second? Turned about out to be a late first-round draft pick. With the NBA, I've seen very little movement at all. Yeah, And it's been very consistent from what I've seen. Keontae Johnson's in the mid-40s. Marquise Noel is, you know, when it comes to the rankings of best available, late 70s and early 80s. One of the reasons why you see such little movement, though, is because it is such a limited draft, though, too. Two rounds. That's all you have is two rounds. And so, you know, once you get a feel for what you want, it pretty well locks in point by point by point down the lineup very simply. For Keontae Johnson, and I, I cut a couple of more tank clips here for uh, Keontae Johnson, I think, you know, this is just my guess. It feels like it's like an 85, 80, 85% chance that he'll be picked up, still projected to be a second round guy. And from most of the mocks, which on, they don't matter. Mod drafts do not matter because, as Jerome Ting is going to mention here, because he has no idea where Key is going to be picked up. And there's reasons for that. I have heard from several teams. There's a few that are like a little bit more interested than others. But that really doesn't mean anything with the draft because of trades that are going to take place. Because some people put out false information to throw you off the track. You know, I mean, there's so much gamesmanship going on on game day, you know, other than with probably the top three drafts picks. Yeah, there's going to be trades. A lot of teams moving around, like maybe the Phoenix Suns, who, you know, it seems like the future of their draft picks are, are getting smaller and smaller with all the right. moves they're making. Like, do Good they make grief. a move? You know, that could be you know, an example. Or, you know, like uh, oh, uh, Jordan Poole just got uh, picked up by the Washington Wizards. Like, you know, with that recent move that was very recent is, you know, does that change the way they go into the draft now? That might be a factor for Marquise Noel, actually. Now Jordan Poole will most likely play the point. For the Washington Wizards, 
it, it's it's so hard to predict these kind of things. But just my personal feeling is that you know Keontae Johnson, because of his just natural talent and ability to show that these to these NBA teams during it wasn't during the combine, but during a few workouts and the teams that like him. He was able to show that he can shoot from the wing, he can play from the wing, he can be aggressive from the wing. That that'll most likely impress at least a couple of teams. And of course, that'll be that one that take their chance on him. Makes me feel like I think there's a, obviously a very good chance, and most around the NBA feel that way as well, who have put out projections that Keontae Johnson is a second round draft pick. When it comes to the mocks, the most popular picks I saw was 46 to the to the Hawks, 49 to the Cavs, and 51st to the Brooklyn Nets. Keep in mind as well, there's actually been two draft picks that have been forfeited, so there's only 58 picks in this year's draft. Interesting. With Marquise Noel, I will be surprised if he gets drafted. I will be surpri- I won't be surprised if he gets drafted. Right. Let me put it that yeah. way. I will be surprised if he does get picked up. I won't be surprised if he gets drafted. What that means is, of course, you know, I'm the biggest Marquise Noel fan there is. And from the darling that he turned into the most popular player in the NCAA tournament, I'd love to ask scouts the question, when did Marquise Noel jump onto your radar? When did he become an NBA draft prospect? Did it honestly happen during the NCAA tournament? Because if it did, you guys missed out on some pretty awesome basketball this season. And it was starting to blossom last year. But Marquise Noel, because of one thing, is making teams go, but here's Jerome Tang. Every workout he's been in, I've gotten a call. They said he was the best player, and it was the best workout they had because the energy he brought and how competitive he made it. And then they finish with the, but he's 5'7". And I tell him at some point in time, you got the guy who's the best player in all the workouts going around. Uh, 5'7 doesn't need to matter anymore if he's the best player. And so believing that some team, whether they call his name in the draft or they sign him to a two-way or give him an invite to camp, some team's going to bring him in. And if you give this kid a chance, I'm not going to bet against him. Here's the deal. Marquise Noel may not get drafted. But there is going to be one, and I'm, I'm sure it's going to be more than one, but there's only going to be one team that gets through to his phone first once that draft is done. They're going to most likely have his number ready to go as soon as that draft ends. It's probably going to be ringing before the last two picks are even taken. Somebody's going to get a hold of Marquise Noel right away. Yeah, yeah. By the, let's see, how long does the draft take? Three three hours, four uh, hours? About, yeah, probably closer to four by the time you do all of the ESPN-ish stuff. Well, let's let's meet in the middle. Let's say 10.30. By 10.30 Marquis, or 11 o'clock, Marquise Noel will have a home. I don't know what that status means when it comes to – because he's going to at least get a camp invite, of course. Two-way contract, draft pick, whatever. Marquise Noel is going to get his opportunity. It's just, it would be so cool to see him get drafted. I mean, there's just so much honor in in being drafted. 
But I'll ask you this, Troy. Is there, is there a whole lot of difference between pick 45 and then getting a call right away that's not in the draft other than maybe some money involved? The biggest thing would be that it presents you the opportunity for the two-way contract probably better than you would see it if you were a draft pick. There's a justification if they're a if they're a pick, especially you know given that it is only a two round draft, the expectation becomes that you make that pick, you're going to want that player to be on your roster the full season. Well, that's why I brought the Washington Wizards and Jordan Poole because you know media out of Washington D.C. was like, man, it seems like these Wizards really like. Marquise mm-hmm. Noel. Mm-hmm. The Wizards have been known for for picking up not necessarily to draft, but signing short players uh, to the roster. Really, over the last thirty years, uh, right now they have Isaiah Thomas, who's five eight. Uh, you know, back in the nineties, they used to have Muggsy Bogues, mm-hmm. and there's been a number of guys after that. Marquise Noel would tie for the fourth shortest player in NBA <laughs> history if he were to play a single second. In the NBA, so again, Keontae Johnson's chances of being drafted are pretty good. For Marquise Noel, feels like he's on the outside looking in, but you never know. It is yeah. it is the draft. You never know. There might be somebody at pick fifty six. You're like, you know what? We don't want to take a risk. Once the draft is done, let's just take him now because Marquise Noel. A lot of people feel like Marquise could really excel at the NBA because he's such a court general and he plays so well. I know one weakness that I guess some teams in the NBA or like scouts in the NBA feel like he is a mismatch on defense is in because of his height, not going to be able to guard anybody. If you saw him play this last year, he's not afraid to guard anybody. He could steal the basketball away from anybody, but maybe like staying in front of somebody on the way to the hoop is, you know, a disadvantage for somebody that's 5'7 against a wing that might be 6'7. I just want him to school Westbrook. I just want to watch it. Please. That would be fun. <laughs> we take a break, and when we come back, uh, we do have an update on NCAA Football 25 video game. I think I can exhale now. That's coming up next. My God, you will never guess who is going to have the flashiest outfit at the NBA draft tonight. I would not have put it to be to definitely be the... A uh, kid from Kansas. Grady Dick, the NBA put out a video of him in his outfit for tonight. And he he's wearing a ruby slippers suit. I mean, the suit jacket is Dorothy's ruby slippers. Now, Oof. the shoes did not come with it, apparently, because it's just basically black shoes with a, with a red bottom. Yes. So I was like... I think you missed one there, Grady. Uh, but it is outrageous. Like his personality and the way he looks. You know, I, I respect his game. His game's fine, but and it'll be maybe a top ten, top fifteen draft pick. But when it comes to what I would picture his personality to be, this is completely op- the opposite. It doesn't seem he is this outgoing. But the NBA draft has talked him into being outgoing. It's like if Daryl Hall. Decided in the 90s to become an MC. Wow. Okay. Though it seems like that's the way Daryl Hall would probably dress. It would be kind of outrageous. But also the hair is kind of the part of that as well. He kind of had that Daryl Hall 80s hair. Yeah, right. Yeah. 
Welcome back to the game. I thought I was going to get a laugh on that joke, by the way. Once it hit me, I was like, oh, my God. I think Troy's going to love this. The MC? I was expecting a big old belly laugh. Oh, I'm just like, that's a painful thought, man. Oh, Mitch, Troy, and Travion with you. The the update on the NCAA football game that is scheduled to come out next summer. We talked about it yesterday and about, you know, the Brander group that, negotiates group licensing deals with name, image, and likeness for 54 schools, and Kansas State is one of them, were not involved in the decision that EA Sports negotiated with with one team partners, which is basically the same thing but represents other schools, in deciding that it would be $500 per student athlete and no royalties, but schools would get 10% of what cash is brought in on this video game. And they were not involved in those negotiations, but you know, $500 per student-athlete, there's a lot of football players, that's a $5 million investment. Well, they weren't involved in the decision, so they're suing for having that right. Right. And my thought was, I, I don't think this would can the video game, but it might delay the video game. And that's just going to be frustrating because it's already been delayed a year. It was actually supposed to most likely be out next, summer, or, uh, next month, was the original date for the release, and now we're going to be waiting another year. This update from EA Sports, they did an interview or made a statement, rather, to The Athletic. And they said earlier today that this will have absolutely no impact on the timeline of the release date. And for a person like me, that is music to my ears. That is a sigh of relief. I can exhale (laughs) and I feel a lot better. The thing is, like, Yes, I think this is a great opportunity for name, image, and likeness, even though I know some athletes will like a lot more than $500. Some are okay with that money. The College Football Players Association are pushing them to ask for more money. That'll be played out. They'll figure it out later on. I'm totally okay with just, like, the player's name being number seven. I just want the video game. I miss the college football video game franchise. Because year after year, it was very good updates. You always got something new. The quality of the game seemed to always get better. And of course, adding on new generations of consoles and the big differences you saw in graphics were a big change of that as well. But like I said yesterday, you always got the new updates on the stadiums. They kept it fresh. It was, And it wasn't fully based on the Madden engine. No. It, it actually had its own engine to it so that it could handle the differences i need my video game football video game fix and i'm tired of playing madden i'm actually sick of playing madden because it's getting worse it's not getting better so we just have to wait another year name engine likeness or not i'll be in line first in line to buy that video game I'll, i'll i'll wait in line to get a physical copy of that game downloads can be a bit tricky Because there's going to be at times I want to undownload it so I can play something else. I just want to have to keep it around at all times. Uh, Troy, you need to get yourself a new Xbox so we can play online. Yeah, um, good luck with that. Mm-hmm. When we come back, Troy, uh, actually it's going to be uh, Travion. Tra- mm-hmm. Travion is going to lead us through a couple of cues. We'll ask, or a little uh, ask us anything to wrap up the show when we come back. I, I can't get over Grady Dick's outfit for the draft tonight. Brutal. As I said on Twitter, when I first saw it and I didn't see the caption, I thought he was Machine Gun Kelly. Oh, boy. Travion, what you got? Um, Do you guys believe in aliens? 
You know what? I do. I do. As, as somebody explained it one time, if you were to, like, compare the, like, outer space to Earth and compare the amount of space we've actually researched would compare to a grain of sand on Earth, there's got to be something out there. There's got to be some, someone else, something else out there. I just hope if they ever invade Earth, I hope they're good guys. Because I have a feeling their technology would be a little bit more advanced. Speaking of which, the uh, Secret Invasion series with Samuel L. Jackson. Disney Plus Marvel Cinematic Series is coming. That deals with shape-shifting aliens. Shape-shifting? I've heard of shape-shifters. Mm-hmm. Be careful with that. Yes, I know. Uh, the the scrolls, as Marvel comics would call them, are in this. I might pass on that one. Folks aren't real happy with the AI generated art for the uh, opening credits. Troy, are there aliens out there, and do they come in peace? I uh, I don't know about number two on that, but it's tough not to believe that there is something else out there, given as vast as the universe is. As a follow-up question, have you ever seen a UFO? So, no, but my dad claims at one time here in Manhattan, a family reunion in the late 80s, the party completely stopped because they saw a UFO in the sky and everybody wow. there saw it. That was outside. They all looked at it. They claim this. I, you know, I wasn't there. So I'll have to take their word for it. But no, I have not personally seen one. Nope. Have not. Travion, what have you seen? Absolutely nothing. If you keep hanging out with Sloan... And doing all this trivia stuff as a side gig, you're going to start seeing stuff. We got to get out of here. We're on for just an hour tomorrow. We'll have the full crew here for Travion, Troy, I'm Mitch. Best of luck to Keys and Key. Somebody believe in them. It's a smart thing to do. Go Cats.